Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome, readers. Today, I'm interviewing author Shy August about her paranormal romance series, The Rare and the Unknown. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by the Shelf Addiction Merch Store. Check out all the bookish t-shirts, notebooks, mugs, and more. Don't miss out on these original designs, perfect for any book nerd. Support the podcast and visit shelfaddiction.com forward slash merch and pick up your next favorite bookish item. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Tamara Ford, and thank you for downloading this week's book chat here on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Every week we get bookish with roundtable book discussions, five-minute shelf bites, interviews, and more. Subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss out on any of this book nerd awesomeness. If you'd like to email in feedback or questions, reach out to me at info at shelfaddiction.com or call in and leave an internet voice message via SpeakPipe. Also, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shelf Addiction. The links for everything related to today's episode are below in the show notes. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode, please share it with them today. Before we get started, let me tell you a bit about today's interview guest. Shy August is a country girl with a big imagination, more than a touch of wanderlust, and a never-ending desire to live in both an RV traveling the world and a library. Her love language is words of affirmations followed by books, bacon, and bourbon. She is a born and bred Louisiana native, but is currently doing an impression of a yellow rose of Texas. She is fluent in English, sarcasm, and memes. Her goal is to write fast-paced, character-driven paranormal fiction for women of color. She's found all over the internet and social media at Shy August. Feel free to follow and start any kind of conversation with her. I was pleased to have this opportunity to chat with Shy August, and I know you'll enjoy this conversation. Let's jump into the interview. Hi, Shy. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We are here today to discuss your shifter series, The Rare and the Unknown. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. Are you ready to jump into things? Yes, I'm ready. So share with us right now, what books or audiobooks are you reading or listening to? Okay, right now I'm reading... Um, an art copy that my friend Lexi Craig, well, Alexis C. Craig is writing. It's called A Killing Moon. It'll be released in November. I'm also reading a bunch of those alien abducted. <laughs> I'm reading a murder mystery called Fatality in F by Alexia Gordon, and I love her whole 
series about Gethsemane in the Irish countryside. So I can't stop reading those. I love that you're reading a variety of books like me. Like I read cross genres. So you seem to do the same thing. I read everything with covers except for Western. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, That's and, fair. And dense memoirs. I don't like the really thick ones. If it's a quick one, I'll read that. But like, I think Hillary Clinton had one. It was like 800 pages. I barely made it. Through. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a little too much for me as well. I'm not going to lie. That's a lot. Um, But yeah, that's really cool. So do you have a book or an author that you would say has influenced your writing style? Oh, there's so many. Uh, (laughs) I've been a lifelong bibliophile. So when I wasn't writing books, I would read about 100 a year. Um, So but I'm going to say number one with a bullet is Octavia Butler. And well, the late Octavia Butler and the late L.A. Banks because her. Oh, I love her. Oh, I, <laughs> I love her. You know what? You are the very per- first person who has said L.A. Banks. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm, I was so sad when she, you know, was gone. But I, her series introduced me to urban fantasy. Right. And yeah. after that, it's just been just consume everything. <laughs> Like a like a lawnmower, just suck it all up and spit it back out. Yes, yes. So yes. I'm so glad. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about how they've influenced you. Well, I love the wild imagination of Butler because when I first read the Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talent, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and I sat there and I was just, I would read like 10 pages and I'd have to put the book down because I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is everything I've ever wanted in a book. And it was written by a black woman. So it was like, yes, because you know, mm. I grew up in the country. I'm, I grew up on a farm. So like, I don't have the same experience as a lot of black Americans have because I didn't grow up in the inner city. You know, when they, some people mm-hmm. talk about racing the streetlights home, I didn't get that until like later in life. <laughs> okay. So like, my streetlights were the stars and the moon and the sun going down. <laughs> um, so I, I, I would read it and I'd just be like mind blown because I've always had a fascination with space because, you know, you out in the country, you look up, there's nothing but stars. So I've always oh, had wow. that kind of fascination about um, Afrofuturism before it had a name of Afrofuturism. And then L.A. Banks, the way she layered her her devices and her plot and just her world building just it was so amazing to me that I I couldn't stop reading it I got the first one I read it in like two hours and then I stopped waited an hour and went back and read it again because I was so in love with it that it took you know by the time the rest of them came out I was devouring them the moment they came out yes same you know what Damali and Carlos are still relationship goals I'm saying I'm saying I have a um a Facebook group. It's called The Rare and the Unknown. So people can come and join my fans. And, you know, I put up who are your top three book boyfriends. And I put Carlos in like almost everyone who's ever read L.A. Bike said the same. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because wherever, yes. The, wherever she went, he was right there. Whatever he had to go through to get to her, he was going to go through. He would put the world on his shoulders and walk around to get to her. And I, I'm yeah, so would. in love. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. So is that what your heroes are like? Is that what we're in store for those kind of men? Some of those men are kind of like that. I'm trying to get to the point where at the end, you're going to be like, oh my God, they will do anything for these women. So yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Cause that's so not real. And that's why I love it. It's great. <laughs> I love it. You know, they have that meme. <laughs> um, uh, Disney gave me unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of uh, our princess. And I was like, no, Hulkin. <laughs> LA Bank. <laughs> They're the ones yes. who ruined me for life, you know. Oh, so true. Okay, so do you have any, well, outside of the ones we just talked about, do you have any favorite authors that you always recommend to people that want to start, you know, reading urban fantasy or paranormal romance? Well, I always say everyone's starter series should be P.S. Joyce. Because hers are so easily digestible and they're bear shifters. Or Anya mm-hmm. Nolan. And I also recommend um, Phoenix Williams because hers are based on anime. So if you like anime, you can just really slide right on in there as well. It just depends on what your reading style is. Some people like more of a literary bent. Some people like more action-paced, you know, action, fast action-paced. So it just depends yeah. on who you like and what your style is. Oh, you'll know real fast too when you start reading the different authors if it's their if you're their speed or not. You'll know, right? So try them all. Try, try them, them all. all. <laughs> yeah, it never hurts to yes. read the first book. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so today we are here to discuss your series, The Rare and the Unknown, which is a shifter series. Mm-hmm. And the first book in that series is The Shifter Bachelor. So for those that don't already know, can you give us a little bit of a synopsis about your book? Well, this book is based on. Um, Imani and Ansel, and it's your introduction into my world. So I, I didn't want to just throw you out there, um, kind of like my uncle threw me in the pond when I was little. <laughs> I to, oh no, I not the, ease. not the pond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to ease you in. So I introduced you um, to Imani, who introduced you to Ansel, and then in book two, you get further into the world. So. And my rare and unknown is basically it's about how mythology and race and romance all meet together in my head. <laughs> um, because I I love mythology, I love the world building of Butler and Banks and Tolkien. So I wanted to have something that would be similar, but also modern as well. Because you know I talk about a lot of places and I talk about a lot of things that are happening right now i try and bring in some social issues and let everyone digest it in their own way i don't try and hit you over the head with that. yeah i noticed that um this is a pretty long series even with just six books right now and i am a series girl so i would like to know for the listening audience do you need to start with book one absolutely or can you jump in anywhere what do you recommend for your series I recommend starting at book one. If you just want to read something of mine, I would read book, well, book four. It's The Bachelorette in Heat, but it's more of an erotic bent because it's a reverse harem. But it's the most standalone of all the books I've written so far. Oh my gosh. I heard reverse harem. I heard that. I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I, okay, so I watch a lot of National Geographic and Animal Planet, and I was watching one mm-hmm. day, and they were talking about lions and how they go into into heat, and they said, you know, a female lion will mate with a bunch of male lions, 
so that when she has cubs, none of the male lions will know which one is there, so they won't harm any of the cubs. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm stunned. I had no idea. No idea. Mm -hmm. I learned something today. You did. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... (laughs) So we know there's six. Is there more to come or is is the six the end? There's 12 novels and three novellas. So the whole series will be 15. Okay. So this is like when you get in there, you get nice and comfy because you're in for the ride. You're in for the ride. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write this series. Like how did it come into existence? Well, I wanted to... I wanted to have real people who had struggles, but they were still working. They were still, they hadn't given up. They weren't dejected. They weren't downtrodden. They were still trying to make their life work. And my main goal is to try and write about romance. I I look at a lot of the memes on social media and I get so dejected because um, it's like men are kind of racing to the bottom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is mm-hmm. this a good day? Mm-hmm. And it's a $5 box of chicken and a blanket on well, yeah, it could be a date, but that's not a first date. Are you trying to no. impress this woman? Or are you just trying to get her attention? What are your intentions here? Because it seems yeah. like you're trying to do the least amount of effort to get the greatest aura, you know, return on investment from a woman. You know, because women have to, we have to go through things to get ready for a date. We have to put on our makeup, we get our hair done, we put on a new dress, and you know... <laughs> And you're right. gonna show up. We spend a hundred dollars before we even walk out the door sometimes, or more. And then you're showing up with a blanket and five dollars, and there's no free movie, there's no wine, there's what? What are we doing here? <laughs> so I I want to I want to counteract that with men who who want and who put in effort for dates. So that that's amazing. Yeah. I want I want to show that struggle love is not what we should be aspiring to. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like putting in the effort takes you a long way. It really does. And I never heard that phrase struggle love before, but that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's dreadful. I'm so glad you're like kind of going against the grain with that. Like that's not okay. No. <laughs> and especially because your your characters are people of color. So they are. That's important to know because <laughs> it's like, especially our community sometimes, it's like, that's that's not okay for a date. Let's no. get it real. Yeah, I've, I've shown up for dates. I'm, I'm divorced, so I'm trying to slowly ease back into dating. And I've shown up for dates and I'm, I'm in a dress and I'm in heels. And the guy, he looks like he just rolled out of bed in a t-shirt and jeans and dirty tennis shoes. And I'm like, we're not a match. <laughs> So this isn't gonna pre- work the minute you present yourself as schlubby you know what i mean it's like you don't yeah. put in any effort and i you know if i don't even want to get close enough to smell if you brush your teeth i i just want to go home then i'm yeah that's not for me and i i want i know my friends are like that because they're like uh this is not gonna work yeah <laughs> i don't want to have to drive Rightly an hour so. to meet you somewhere <laughs> and then i'm fully dressed so i've put in an hour of driving, an hour or more of getting dressed, a hundred and something dollars to get dressed, and then you show up in yesterday's clothes with two mm. day ago breath. It's not for me. 
Oh, oh God. Not no, not two day old breath. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so we know we are going to have some awesome like romantic moments that are memorable for these characters because he is gonna step up and deliver the proper dates. Oh, sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. It depends on the circumstance. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the circumstance, you know. Yeah. So in a couple of places I have my people, they're like, um no. <laughs> well, as long as they don't show up with like a dead body on a date or something, you know. It can be okay. Dead, I guess. Review, have I had a dead body show up on a date yet? No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, sometimes shifters like, you know, animals like to bring presents that aren't alive. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Especially the cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was my very first time reading about elephant shifters. What made you choose elephants? for Imani's like clan or herd when I turned about when I was close to my 40th I'm not gonna say how old I am but when I was close to my 40th I was like I need something in my life that shows I have something I've done something besides like had children got a degree or two or seven or however many I have and it you know I went through my life I was like what did I want to do when I was little that I haven't done now. And it's too late for me to be an award-winning jockey for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's too late for me to go to Japan and be a geisha. And it's way too late for me to go un- undergo NASA training. But like being a writer, a full-time writer, it was still a goal that I could attain. So I went through and I was like, what would I write if I started writing that? And it was at the time I was reading paranormal romances by the bucket like you could just drop them off at my house in in a dozen and i would finish them off and i was like i should like paranormal romances and i was like what would make my world special i'm i'm a black woman and there are very few paranormal romances especially a few years ago when i started writing with black women leads and black Mm -hmm. men (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then i was like what would make my world special besides you know african-americans well I get tired of lions and I get tired of bear shifters and wolf shifters. Like I should have African shifters if I have African people, right? And I was like, what's the biggest shifter in Africa? Well, what's the biggest animal in Africa? And it was an elephant. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a herd of elephants. I was like, no, I'm not going to have one herd of elephants. I'm going to have a thousand herds of elephants. (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be elephants everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of led me into my world building. Because it was so unique. I'm reading. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's an elephant. That's so crazy and awesome. Like, I just, I didn't even know that's what I needed. And it, <laughs> I just thought it was great. Thank you. I, um, the first time I sent it to someone to read it, because I had written, like, 15,000 words, they were like, no one's writing elephant shifters. You'll be the only one. I was like, really? She's like, no one. <laughs> Yeah, no one. She is right. I, I think I, I think I'm still the only one writing elephant shifters. Well, you know, I think that also, I guess maybe a part of just being an elephant. I don't know, but the matriarchal way that the herd works, I just love that in this series. I love that the women are the ones in charge, and that's how we're rolling in here. I love it. <laughs> well, I, I when you look at the black community. The women are always 
the ones in charge. You know what I mean? So it's always, mm-hmm. it, and whether it's, it's church, you know, yeah, the minister's there, the deacons are there, but every other committee has a woman on it and it's being led by a woman. You know, <laughs> in the household, yeah. you know, the woman does the, the heavy lifting of, you know, the emotional labor. Sometimes she does the actual physical labor. Sometimes she actually does all of it the financial labor the financial labor the child rearing (laughs) everything so like why wouldn't this system be what a you know a shifter family a black shifter family would have and would fall under i love it thank you it was so refreshing it was very different i was like oh this is i like it (laughs) so i always enjoy hearing about the process of you know either building the romance or even building the world. So obviously you mentioned that there are 12 books, 15 total with the Mm -hmm. novellas. So did you plot all of this out or did you kind of pants it at first? Like how, how did you do this? I plotted, I plotted a few books ahead, but like I know where I'm going overall because I know I want to have a great chapter war. I want to have this happen. I want to have this happen. I just hadn't figured out in what order, or I should say, in what book these are going to happen. So right now I'm currently working on um, Bachelorette on a Mission and Bachelor in Paradise, which will come out in December. And I'm I'm plotting them and writing them concurrently because it's easier that way. <laughs> Because okay. sometimes I, I get where I, in the earlier books, I was like, oh, I wish I had had room for this. And now I want to go back and add it. And I have to, you know, do time jumps. And I don't really like doing that. But now that I'm writing two at a time, I can see the whole the whole picture better. You know, I've never heard of writing two at the same time before. But I could see how that could be beneficial if you don't want to utilize time jumps. I, I think I mentioned already, I'm a little bit insane. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have never heard it, it's because I'm crazy. <laughs> no, but you know, every author has their process. And I think that's really unique that you found your own thing that works for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized while I'm writing these two at the same time, that it's easier for me. I may go on when I finish these two. In, concurrently plot out the rest of them because I know what characters I want to have in each book and I know what I want to happen so I may plot out the other seven books at one time and then just write them (laughs) as I go so you know I may have book eight book nine book ten already done and then still be working on 11 12 13 wow okay so if I have a long gap between publishing sorry Oh no! <laughs> because oh, I've been like trying more to than do, a year. I don't know if it's going to be a year. I I sit out. I have a word goal every day, um, to write. But sometimes I fail. <laughs> okay. Um. So I, get I, it. I sit down. I try. You know, I I have Macy Gray. I try playing in the back of my head now. Um, <laughs> so I try. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't, and hopefully I'll be able to make it work where I there the gaps aren't too large. Mm-hmm. Instead of every two months, they maybe every three months. Wow, well that's that's still good, you know that's good. Uh, 
So when you were writing the first, the books that are out now, especially even the first book, did you experience any challenges in bringing the world to life? Like, was it research or maybe writer's block? Did you have any like issues at large when trying to get this accomplished? Well, research first, because I want to include a lot of African mythology, but you just can't go walk on, you know, into the, into the Barnes and Noble and be like, Hey, can I get a book of African mythology? You can go get a book of Greek mythology. You can go get a lot of cultures, but you just can't go in and say, hey, I want African mythology for this region, and they'll have one available. So some of them aren't written. Some of them you have to go to a special library collection. So that was one thing. Writer's block, because I didn't make myself write every day. Um, I wrote when it came to me. And I, when I drive, it's, I do my best thinking. <laughs> So I'd be in the car like, oh, my God, I need to pull over and write this down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so it's it's just how the process works. And I became better at, you know, when I was doing academic work. So when I was in school, when I was working on my degrees, I would outline and then I would go in and fill in that outline. And I didn't do that with the first book, but I started doing that eventually. And now I write faster and better, I think. Better is always great. I mean, hey, especially if you're going along with the series and things just keep getting more intense and better and better. Oh, I love when that happens. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying. I do. I I am a series reader. Like I love a really good paranormal, you know, or urban fantasy series. So I I get that, especially if you're in for a long haul. It's got to be fresh all the way through book 15, if you know what I mean, because you want to keep you know, being invested and waiting for those books, you know? I, I feel the exact same way because um, it was one of the reasons I stopped reading Janet Ivanovich's um, Stephanie Plum. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it felt like she was just recycling the same storylines and putting in a slightly altered joke after a while. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's like she jumped the literary shark instead of the television shark. You know what I mean? Mm, she got too comfortable. I've heard that from other people about that same series too. Way too comfortable. Unfortunately. So, and I and how you talk about the excitement in the building, the Alona Andrews series with Kate Daniels. Like I every time a new one come out, I devoured it when they first started and then they hit like book twenty something. And I was like <sighs> <laughs> Well, I have not read Kate Daniels. Honestly, I couldn't get past book one. Well, that was the thing. You had to get past book one. And they got me with with Kieran because, you know, Lion Shifter, hot guy. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I just have to see if he gets her. And and then by like book 20, I was like, I don't even care anymore what happened. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, I know. Speaking about relationships and all that, let's talk about our two main characters, Imani and Ansel. Oh, let's talk about them. First, Imani, what do you like most about her? I like that she speaks her mind. She's so direct and she doesn't care if she annoys people. You know how you have those people, those main characters who are always trying to please everyone. She is not about pleasing anybody. She's like, you know what? You can take a long walk off a short pier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she is like that. 
She is. <laughs> you don't like it, so what? I don't care. That's basically yeah. a money that it is. That is, I think, what I aspire to be like. I want to give like zero Fs about it, in all of that. Like, if you what you have to say, I don't care. I want to get to that point. <laughs> like, one of the wisest women I know. Uh, her name is Stephanie. I can't say her last name because she would get mad at me. But she told me um, one day, she's like, listen, there's a Polish proverb. It's called, not my circus, not my monkey. Does that monkey belong to you? Because I was, I was off on a tangent. I was like, do you understand how blah, 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 blah? And she's like, do they belong to you? She's like, no. Are they your children? No. Do they pay your bills? No. Well, not your monkey, not your circus. Mm. So I say that all the time now. And it's such a stress reliever because I'm like, you see somebody walking down the street and they are, they're in a bra and ripped up panties. And you're like, um, should I be concerned? But they're not concerned. <laughs> not your monkey. Not no. Your <laughs> yeah. If they're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> so Amani, though, I feel like she's a little, pl- she's plus size ish. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you write that just kind of because she's like a large elephant and you have to be in a large body or was it just coincidence and we just like curvy women? We just like curvy women. <laughs> okay. I come from a family and, you know, we run the spectrum from like ruler thin to like heavy Chevy. So like <laughs> I, I I cover the spectrum in these books. So my main characters are from really thin to all the way to to the other end okay because i found it refreshing i'm like i really like that she's like the average girl like she's she's average you know the average woman most except for the shifter in her (laughs) yeah except for when she turns into like a 500 pound elephant or whatever however big elephant is yeah or that but you know regular day-to-day she's real chill and cool i think i would like her in the real world if she was a real person i think i would (laughs) I think so too. I I talk to I talk to her in my head sometimes, and she's kind of cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about Ansel, who is another shifter who is on the cover of this book, and that cover is very gorgeous to look at, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a real guy. His name's Ronnie. <laughs> he lives in Houston. For all you ladies in Houston. <laughs> oh Lord. You done outed him. Oh, Lord. You can follow him on, on Instagram. Oh, yeah. okay. We'll leave that in the notes for anybody that is interested. Okay, we'll do that for you. You're welcome. He's a, he's a real guy. But he's, he's, he just looks like Ansel. He's not Ansel in real life. You know what? Well, I don't know. I don't spend that much time with him. I should correct it. Okay. But yeah, so Ansel in the book is let's talk about it <laughs> he's like my dream guy if he's like chili's dream guy remember how chili had that list of like unattainable he's like that he's a professor he's well educated he's well spoken he's wealthy he's born and raised in privilege and taught to lead and he's not selfish he's selfless he's like oh <laughs> he's like barack obama if he was you know uh, an impendula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so what didn't you like about Ansel? Anything? Were there any quirks about him that you didn't like? 
he gets to be so annoying in his in his straightforwardness. Like, I I was not gonna have when I first started writing the first book. I was not gonna have any chapters from his perspective, but like his voice would just wear up in the middle of the night in my head, and I'd be like, oh god. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I had no choice but to write from his his point of view. He he forced me into it. He forced you into it. That's funny, but you know I think that. Actually, that read, that was good. You could kind of see what was going on in his head. You can get her, Imani's perspective. And like, I don't know, I kind of liked how they kind of played off of each other. You know, especially with all of the other characters, we get to see like all of their families on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) The craziness that is a nosy Black family, you know, (laughs) it's great. Yeah, her aunts are my favorite characters to write sometimes. I relate to some of the aunts, like how she has an aunt that doesn't really talk on the phone, an aunt that just runs and talks and talks and talks, and she can just let her just talk and do other things and come back and go, "Uh uh-huh, is she still talking? I'm like, oh, I get it. I get all of it. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad because I, I have people in my life who are like that, you know, you get on the phone and you don't say anything because they're talking. Mm-hmm. Forever. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know someone like that. I really do. I think we all know at least one person. At least, at one. least one. If you don't have that person in your life, you gotta go make some new friends. <laughs> yes, I think we've covered a lot. Um, is there anything else you think you want to point out about this series? Like, like, give us the elevator p- pitch. Why should we run and pick up this series? Oh. <laughs> Well, it's it's the experience of black women finding love when, you know, the circumstances are against them. The odds are not in their favor. And I try and do it in the confines of a reality show. So <laughs> to make it worse, I got to compete sometimes to get there. <laughs> well, it's definitely entertaining. I can tell you that. So uh, congratulations on the series. And I know there's more to come, but Tell us what else you're working on, because I know you're doing more than one thing, because as you said, you're crazy. So <laughs> tell late on us. <laughs> uh, um, myself and my my critique partner, Alexis Craig, uh, we co-edit a anthology called Shifted in the Love. And at the time we first put it out, we were the only Black woman author only paranormal romance series. And so now we're p- working on the third and fourth edition of the third one is Halloween. It's Hotel California. And if you've ever listened to the Eagle song, you know how creepy that is. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's a good point of reference. <laughs> and the fourth one is Mistletoe and Kisses. So we're going to do um, Halloween and the holiday and probably a Valentine one too as well. Oh, that's so fun. I love seasonal reading. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> Cute. You you know you're you're one of you're sitting at home and you're like I don't want to watch another Hallmark Channel movie but I kind of want to see a romance so you sit down with your hot chocolate and your Kindle and you you blaze mm-hmm. Oh, I know there was one more thing. I don't know. You might not know, but I love uh, love a good audiobook. Do you have plans of turning this series into an audiobook series? I I, I do have plans. I've been searching for an amazing audiobook narrator and I think I finally found one <laughs> but now I have to get on okay. her schedule because she's kind of busy 
So eventually they'll all turn into audiobooks. There you go. Wonderful. So for the audiobook listeners out there, it's coming. So you too will be able to enjoy in your preferred format. Mm-hmm. And I, I too am a audiobook, you know, nerd. I love audiobooks. And but I love podcasts more because I I'm I'm one of those people I listen at one and a half almost two. <laughs> oh so my gosh, crazy. I'm gonna sound crazy at two times the speed. I wonder. <laughs> you sound lovely. <laughs> you, you really sound lovely. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh well, thank you, thank but you so I'm, much. I'm not crazy because one of my friends he is up to listening at three times speed, and I I I kill myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I think that would take a lot for my ears to get used to three times. That's that's a lot. Yeah, he started. He's the one who told me to, you know, don't listen at regular speed. Listen at one and a half or two. And I was like, I tried two at first, and I was like, no, I'm gonna break it back down to one and a half. But now when I'm listening at one and a half, I still get everything, and so yeah. I kind of like it. I can get with two sometimes if the narrator or host is speaking it has a naturally slow cadence i can get with the two times Mm -hmm. but i just can never see myself listening at three times that just seems so excessive to me i can't (laughs) i know i know i don't understand it i i listened one day for like five minutes and i was like help (laughs) (laughs) i missed everything i have to rewind (laughs) it was too fast for me and it was like it was like listening to e40 the rapper (laughs) On oh, fast forward, no. it, was, it was terrible. I couldn't do it. Oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are done with that segment, guys. All we Yay. have left is the super fun lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round, Shy? I'm ready. Okay. So I'm gonna run down the rules really quickly for the audience and you, if you don't know them. So it's 60 seconds. I, a bunch of questions. I stopped saying 60 because people got scared. <laughs> Some are book related, some are not. Some questions are open-ended and others require you to pick one or the other. The only one rule that I have is that on those questions, you must choose. You can't say neither and you can't say both. Oh, those are my favorite responses. (laughs) No, not this time. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Read five pages per day or five books per week. Five books per week. Physical books or ebooks? Oh. <laughs> ebooks because they're lighter to carry. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Name a book that you've read in one sitting. All of the LA banks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Beer or wine? Wine. If you were forced to live your life as one of your characters, who would it be? Imani. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Vampire or werewolves? Werewolves. Where's your favorite place to read? In bed. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Be a librarian or be a bookseller? Librarian. You're smarter. (laughs) And that's time. That's it. We're done. Thank you. That was fun. Oh, thank you. I I had trepidation in my heart for nothing. Yeah, it was fine. See? Painless. Mostly. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. I always have a good time hearing the answers. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, absolutely. It's been a blast. So be sure to follow Shy on her social media accounts and pick up a copy of book one in her series. I'm sure you'll be buying the rest as well. The links are below in the show notes. And again, it's been a pleasure. Shy, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, happy reading. Take care, everybody. If you enjoyed today's book chat episode and would like to show your support, there are a few things you can do. Head on over to Apple Podcast and leave a positive five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter at Shelf Addiction. Most importantly, you can share this podcast with friends and family that enjoy all things bookish, including author interviews. Thank you for listening, and until next time, happy reading. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.